We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Pack a Day podcast, the 11 and 3 Packers podcast, the Steve and Dusty show back <laughs> from Lambeau Field. What's up? To, oh, wait, uh, Sarah's here too. Uh, oh, did she show up? That. She bad. showed up? Uh, cool. She was having a little bit of FOMO. I'm going to go. I'm going to go now. <laughs> That's cool. We got it. We got this. Don't worry. When we go to, when we're 1 and 0. When the Packers, the Packers are one and zero, when Dusty and I are at Lambeau Field together, so we're ready to do this par- podcast together, aren't we, best buddies, Steve? Oh, for sure. We're <laughs> ha- you know, all the once we met, all the bad, the bad sentiments, everything went away, and we just had a great time. It's true. I don't like this. I want you to go back to hating <laughs> each other because now it's going to be you guys against me. I don't like it. Yeah, all this anger has to go somewhere. I don't know where it's going to go, Steve. Somewhere, I'll I mean, figure just, it out. We'll figure it out. Just wait till we get to watch the video of Sarah eating like seven double or mega stuffs in, in at once, and that's gonna be outstanding. It's already on my calendar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have it circled. It's uh, yeah, it's gonna be really good. Good start to the year for us to watch her stuff her face with the most stuff Oreos. Can't wait. I think she just left Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm all right with it. We'll get her back at some point. All right. Uh, just, just how's it going guys? Uh, we're going to recap Dusty and I, uh, we're at Lambeau together watching the Packer game. Uh, we did FaceTime with Sarah a few times, so she was there with us as well in spirit, but, uh, great victory for the Packers, a little nail biting at the end, but still 
all in all, an eleven and three is a is a great record. And I'm I'm with uh, Brian Bulaga, and I'm not going to apologize for the Packers having an eleven and three record. How are you guys doing? How what was your uh, your overall reaction to to the game, Bestie? Yeah, I mean, I, it, we talked about it. Um, we were there. We talked about it together while watching the game. Um, were you there? I was we there. That. Yeah, we uh, we haven't mentioned it very often. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, uh, they tried some things. It still seems like they're tinkering some, which I'm totally cool with, just trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I think we saw some more Sternberger this game, which I, I really like what he's been doing. So, I mean, they won. Like you said, Steve, they're 11-3. It's hard to complain about that. They did, you know – they had fits and starts. They had uh, some some good moments or some moments that could have been really really good. I think about that first play with MVS and if that hits, how if we did perceive the game differently, handful of shots like that that you know, Devonte dropped one, Geronimo dropped one. Like it just it's perceived a little differently, I think. But overall, it's hard to argue with eleven and three plus with the Dallas win the next the the very next hour, uh, the, uh, the the Packers getting into the playoffs. So there's. Man, listen, there's certainly things to clean up on both sides of the ball. I think probably more offense than defense at this point. But they're 11-3 and three and they're going to the playoffs. I feel I feel amazing. I feel amazing. Sarah, yeah. how was it watching at home? I mean, it was good. I They won. Anytime the Packers win, it's obviously a great day for me. So <laughs> I was very excited. Um, I do have like an initial reaction, and that's just – if anyone is upset or doesn't like this ugly winning, just shut it. They're winning. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I tweeted after the game. Yeah, I did. I would, and I also put this in my re- recap because I was a little triggered about it. I would rather be 11 and three and have a few ugly wins than like, and be, you know, clinch a playoff spot and be going in the postseason than not. So let's just soak it all in at this time last year. Things were completely different. You know, McCarthy was getting fired. The season was a dumpster fire, basically. And now we're 11-3 and and going to the playoffs. So that's huge. Let's just soak it in, appreciate that. And yes, there's things that weren't perfect. Like Dusty said, the game could have been interpreted entirely different if, you know, some plays went through. But hey, we're 11-3. and We're playing meaningful games in December, and that's good enough for me. Very true. I mean, last year at this point in the season, the theme for the Packers was we're playing for Joe, as in Mm -hmm. Joe Phil. Like, Mm -hmm. that was the theme of that was the only thing going on in the season was, hey, let's win a couple games for Joe Philbin, see if we can get him a head coaching gig. Like, nah, this is is way better. This is a way better feeling being 11-3. and Dusty, I do have to ask, outside of meeting me, what was the coolest part of your weekend? I mean, man, anytime you get to go to Lambeau, uh, it's it's just an amazing experience. I mean, we, we go, uh, if we're lucky, once a year, you know, living in Kentucky, that's a decent drive. Uh, and, and being able to go up there, we, we choose December because it just doesn't feel like Packers football uh, in that stadium unless it's cold. And so being in that stadium was amazing. Um, we got to meet some incredible people, <laughs> some people that I feel like I've known for a while, uh, some people that have meant a ton to me. Uh, just in this, you know, in this, as I've been writing, as I've been doing some of this stuff, and we got to meet Aaron Nagler. We got to meet, uh, and Nagler's been just huge for me, just a huge supporter of me, really, since I started writing. Uh, when I didn't write under the same site he wrote for, uh, like, he was just, he's been huge for me in terms of of, of kind of where I am now, which is amazing. Uh, we met Corey Banke, who was uh, just, just amazing, just his, uh, just very enthusiastic, very genuine, very nice uh just just an amazing person um we makes met, an outstanding old-fashioned makes as the well. best old-fashioned i've ever had we got to meet uh maggie loney um who was just just 
as pleasant a person as I've ever come across, just a genuinely nice and positive human being. Um, and getting to meet her, her and her husband was there as well. That was amazing. Um, and we got to meet uh, Mark Beach. Mark Beach, if you don't know, wrote The People's Team, which is uh, uh, just came out, I think, a couple months ago. Uh, that celebrates 100 years of Packers football. He's been he was wrote for SI for years. He's an editor for um, oh, the People's People's Tribune. What's it called, Sarah? People's Tribune. Is that right? Players Tribune. Sorry. Players Tribune. Um, so he's been around for forever. He was actually the first person to talk to Aaron Rodgers after he was drafted. Uh, and we sat and talked ball with him for probably two hours. That dude just has stories and stories and stories, and he's just one of the nicest guys you could meet. So we, we and I got to meet uh, Ross Uglum a little later as well. I missed some people. Um, I know there's there's a handful of people there, but we missed some people, which was sad. But the people I met were all people that have meant a lot to me, and getting to meet them in person was amazing. And then we got to go to Lambeau and watch the Packers beat the Bears and make the playoffs. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to pick a favorite because. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, like you said, Steve, getting to meet, getting not only to meet you, but to sit next to you and watch a Packers game with you. I've known you for over a year at this point. Um, the whole experience was, I mean, I don't want to go on and on about it, which I just have, but ex- <laughs> I can't pick a favorite part because the, the whole trip was, was just amazing. Just absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, watching the game with Dusty, like I was telling Sarah beforehand, the, the first play goes up and within i'd say one second dusty immediately goes he's got mvs he's got mvs so i mean it was pretty much exactly the way i pictured watching a game with dusty which but it was just a lot of fun like it was just him and his brothers and we were everybody's having a great time um we were we were a little chilly but you know for the most part held our held our own and uh you know, so whenever the Packers win, it just makes you makes the body a little warmer. So <laughs> it's true. Just, just a great time to have um, Cheesehead TV house is really cool. That was that was really nice. Um, brats were flowing. Mm-hmm. Drinks were flowing. That's why we didn't tailgate was because we were in this amazing house and drinking and eating and having a great time. So uh, overall, just so much fun. I was really happy that we got to got to meet each other and have a great time at the game. But let's dive in. We've got uh, the 11 and 3 Packers will be taking on the 10 and 4 Vikings on Monday Night Football. So it's really going to be a really important game. But besides that, I mean, let's jump into the big news. LaFleur was on Packer transplants with Nagler and Corey. So you guys just give me some of your reactions to those things that you, you heard from him. Um, Sarah, we'll start with you. What'd you think? almost in shock I had gotten home from work and I'm making dinner and I was kind of just waiting for my dinner to heat up and so I'm on Twitter and I'm on my phone and then all of a sudden I see Nagler's tweet and he's like yeah in case you missed this today coach was on transplant and I literally like screamed I I was so <laughs> like it was just like the shock factor I was like what like so I'm looking up immediately and then when I was eating my dinner I watched and Corey's reaction was just I think me like I think that just (laughs) represented like how I felt when he was like coach are you there and like it was his voice and it was him I literally was freaking out I was like that is the coolest thing ever um kudos to those two guys for getting him on the show obviously he's probably not an easy person to reach or contact um, I know that the Packers, I think Vice President of Communications, played an instrumental role in um, getting him on the show. So shout out to him. I forgot what his name is. I'm sorry. Someone I'm sure will correct me. 
but I know it was him and that's really awesome and it's just great to see um I think that's something I've always liked about the team this year and the culture is that they're open to trying things like that and I'm all for it I think it was awesome so kudos to them for that yeah, it was um, uh, Jason Wallers was the uh, okay. uh, Packers VP of Communications, which um, <laughs> LaFleur bagged on him a lot, which I thought was fun. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it till later, but I honest, for a little while, I just saw like, Coach was on our, was on our transplants. I was like, okay, is it just like Nagler doing an oppression or something? Uh, I didn't know it was actually him until I actually watched it. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, you got to see some of his personality, which you've seen before. I feel like he's loosening up as the season goes on. Um, it was awesome. It was a blast. And one of the things that uh, LaFleur touched on, Jake Kumro going to see the uh, field a little bit more. Um, Dusty, just kind of break down what does that what does that do for you emotionally, uh, spiritually, mentally? What does that what does that prepare you for? Is this a good thing for Packers fans? It prepares me for less Geronimo Allison. Um, that's, that's not guaranteed. That is not guaranteed. I mean, Devontae yeah. could come off the field a little more too. Sure, sure, he could. It's touchdown, Jesus. I mean, come on. Well, listen, listen. I, Packers love them some white wide receivers. We're we're all having fun here. We're all having fun here. <laughs> I I am very much on the record as um, anti anti hype white wide receivers. Um, just because of that, there, I've seen too much of that. Well, I lived through the Janus years. Those were dark times, man. Um, Kumaro is not. Kumaro is not some game breaker. Kumaro is 27, 28 years old and has not really caught on at this point in his career for a reason. Uh, I don't, I don't think Kumaro is the answer for any offense. Just, just putting him out there. Like he's not going to be amazing. What he can be is solid. I, I said this, I think before the season and you guys were like, haha, you're dumb. You're a dumb person. Why do you talk to us? You're a dumb person. I, Kumaro is like his ceiling is essentially. No, it's not just because of that one take. No, I that's mean, no. It was just, just it was that one. It was just, that, just it, it was, was just that's just normal conversation. It was just us. it was just that one thing. That's my understanding. Just that one thing. Um, Kumaro and Allison. Kumaro's a little faster, but Kumaro and Allison essentially profiles the same wide receiver. They're possession ish receivers that can hit big if something is schemed up for them and if they play off with the, how the defense is shading them. Uh, kind of bigger guys, Kumaro's a little more physical and Kumaro's got a little more speed. Uh, the big thing that I was I was telling before the before the season is Kumaro, from what we've seen, has better hands. And my, my knock at Allison has always been hands. So a, a possession receiver that's slow without great hands is not much of a receiver at all. So for me, that trade-off, I, what I wanted before the season even was keep one of those guys. I was, I was trending towards Kumaro at that point, but I didn't really care which one. Just don't keep both of them because they're basically the same guy and you're limited with what you can do with those receivers. And then EQ went down and blah, 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 blah. But I think if Allison, if, if Kumaro gets more time, that to me says, okay, probably Kumaro, Kumaro on the field more, Allison on the field less. Or you split some of those, Allison on the field less, and then Lazard, who has been getting more touches anyway, gets some more touches and him and Kumaro show those extra ones. Uh, but I, it's, it's less excitement about Kumaro because Kumaro is... Kumro's a dude. Kumro's fine. Um, it's just less Allison. And at this point, um, at this point, I think everyone's on board that less Allison is fine. He's a good dude. He's where he needs to be. He'll make plays occasionally, but uh, he's not. The less we see of Allison on the field, the better off I think we are. Could not agree more, especially after Dusty posted uh, Allison's drop rate, which is basically like, what, 13% on average? Uh, the- yeah, I think he was uh, 12% this year. I think 13% his first year and then like roughly 10-ish, the, those middle two. So 
Yeah, basically more or less the same. He's in that same range. It's just he is who he is. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. Nope. Not great. No. Nope. Uh, let's transition. Let's do um, what we always do is taking a look at the Packers' offense versus their opponent's defense for the week. So that is going to be the Vikings' uh, vaunted defense this this time around uh, in Minnesota. So, Sarah, let's start with you, then we'll kick it around to me, and then let Dusty go crazy, as we always do. So, what is the biggest thing you're looking for this week, uh, Packers offense, Vikings defense? All right. So, I always like to find interesting and funny, not funny, but ironic statistics, too, because I love when people do that on Twitter and just totally take it out of context. And I found one when it came (laughs) to my research for this. So right now, the Vikings defense is statistically ranked 14th in the NFL. So kind of riding in the middle of the pack. But something that's very interesting about this is that the average ranking defensively in the Patriots' six Super Bowls is 14th. Hmm. So people were having field day <laughs> with that um, on Twitter. And then I was looking on some blogs. And, of course, people were like, the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl because – they had the same like ranking as the Patriots or whatever. But anyways, so, I mean, I think we know that the Vikings have always been a good team defensively. I think that is not as a shock to anyone. Um, but this year in particular, they have struggled a little bit in pass coverage. So what I'm going to be looking for is how are we going to involve our receivers? Are we going to change our game plan a little bit and our approach? Um, I know Rhodes, I think we were saying, is just non-existent. He's benched right now, correct? So... Um, you know, what's the adjustment there? Do, um, you know, we obviously Devontae is our guy, but who else do we get involved? It was, you know, are we really going to see more Kumro? Like um, LaFleur said on transplants today, who's going to get involved? So I'm just going to be kind of looking um, into that and kind of see what happens there. I know Dusty's going to get a little more into that, but that's basically kind of the matchups we'll be looking for is, you know, what's our game plan against their defense that has struggled a little bit in pass coverage. I've got a couple things I'm looking for. Just one of the big ones is, you know, we've we've been looking for an identity for the Packers offense for 14 weeks now, um, 15 weeks now. So just in, you can tell Packers fans are getting frustrated. They're 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 not loving the fact that the the team isn't throwing up huge numbers like they have in the past. Um, so the biggest thing I want to see for offensive continuity, I'm going to be looking at the offensive line. I want to see how they can handle that front seven from Minnesota because, as Sarah said, they can give up some stuff on the back end of, of things, but that front that front four and those linebackers, I mean, you're looking at Everson Griffin, you're looking at um, Daniil Hunter, you're looking at Kendricks, like uh, – those dudes are bad, bad, bad men, and they are big guys that can get after the quarterback really quickly. So I'm interested to see how they're holding up. The Packers have been doing pretty well, especially, you know, against Khalil Mack. If Aaron Rodgers starts getting rid of the ball when a lot of us think he should, like I don't think it should be an issue, but if it starts to hold on to the ball and not not take those those hot reads and taking the the quick throws, we might be in for a long day again. So that's one thing I want to see how the offensive line holds up against the Vikings defense. And then um, just an interesting fact that I had I had heard was that um, the Vikings defense gives up seven fewer points at home than they do on the road, which was very intriguing. Um, 
But Dusty, I don't know if you still have this pulled up. We actually kind of dove into their home versus their away schedule, and their home schedule was a lot easier than their away schedule was. Yeah, they did. So their home schedule, they played uh, the Falcons, and that was week one. So that's, I mean, the Falcons have been better at it so late, but uh, this was back in the dark, dark, darkest ages of the Falcons. So they played at home the Falcons, the Raiders, the Eagles, uh, Washington, the Broncos and the Lions uh, at home. And then away, they've played uh, the Packers, obviously, the Bears, the Giants, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Chargers. So, uh, I mean, not exactly a murderer's row either way, but the three toughest teams they faced uh, with the Packers, or I guess four, Packers, uh, Chiefs, Cowboys, and Seahawks were all on the road. Um, their, their home schedule, not a whole lot of world beaters at home for them so far. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, now the Packers will be probably their most difficult home game to date. So we'll see kind of how they, they line up. I mean, it kind of makes sense that they would have a, a much better scoring differential at home than they would on the road with those teams being they played. So, uh, Dusty, let's let's throw it to you. What are you looking for in this game? Yeah, I want to talk about just, just pressure real quick because uh, we know Zedaria Smith. Every, you guys know Zedaria Smith. You're familiar with his work. Um, he's a pretty good football player. He's fine. Um he had uh, he has fifty six QB pressures this year. Dan- Daniel Hunter also fifty six. Uh, they're they're roughly the same. I think uh, Hunter has the edge in sacks. It's 13.5 to ten, and Smith has the edge in QB hits thirty to twenty one. Uh, so just something to keep in mind uh, when you're thinking of when you're thinking of how Zedarius Smith looks. Just think the uh, the Vikings have a guy that's essentially doing what he's doing this season as well. Which is terrifying. Um, that is terrifying. Uh, so there's that. I, you know, every week I kind of I start looking at DVOA, offensive, defensive, by passing and rushing. This, <laughs> this is this is uh, kind of fun this week. The Packers have the eighth ranked uh, passing offense by DVOA. The Vikings have the eighth ranked passing defense. The Packers have the fourth ranked rushing offense. The Vikings have the fourth ranked rushing defense. They match up really really well just in those two areas in terms of dvoa rankings um which is um i don't know you don't often see that it's just it's a fun little oddity uh so i had to dig a little deeper so i usually just go straight numbers um which i don't know why i watch a lot of football and i don't know i look at numbers but i don't always dig straight into numbers so i don't know why i do this for this podcast i don't know man it's it's easier i guess (laughs) numbers are easy so we'll start with numbers i just kind of want to talk about some observations i had uh from the past week so uh the Vikings are good, but as Sarah had mentioned, their pass defense maybe that's that's where they're susceptible. So I looked into Football Outsiders where they have ranking their defense versus uh, various other wide receivers. They are fifth against wide receiver two in defending wide receiver two, uh, so they're good there. They're actually first against defending tight ends. So some of these heavy looks that we've been seeing with involving Sternberger more, Graham, you know, Graham kind of having some better weeks here, Tanya a little more. It may be tough sledding for those tight ends. However, 23rd against wide receiver ones and 23rd against non-number two wide receivers. So think of that based on what LaFleur said. If Kumaro is getting more touches and we kind of assume that Allison gets fewer, or at least we'll say snaps, uh, we'll say we'll split those other wide receivers against Kumaro and Lazard. So possible big days from uh, Adams and... uh, Adams and Lazard slash Kumaro. And Adams had a uh, a good game against them back in week one. Or, I'm sorry, not back in week one. 
uh, whenever he played them. Uh, week two, I guess. He had uh, caught nine passes on – or seven tar- seven passes on nine targets for 106 yards. Really, really good. And they've struggled with, with elite uh, wide receivers, even when they haven't. Like, for example, like in week seven, they went up against Kenny Galladay. They held Galladay to uh, one catch – on two targets for 21 yards. Amendola went for over 100 yards on 11 targets. So if they're if they're laser focused on shutting down that one, they're still going to create gaps elsewhere. So I could see another big day for Adams, and if not him, then uh, then maybe someone else kind of steps up there. And it's and it's on whoever that's going to be to step up. Um, so that's that's something to look at and just kind of digging a little bit more. I w- just watching just the last game because I don't have unlimited time. Just looking at that Chargers game and kind of what the Chargers were able to do because that first half they they hung with Minnesota. Some uh, what we saw or what I saw in that was they had success with some some hard cuts in the middle of the field. Uh, and I'll dig into this a little bit more. But if you look at kind of an angle route or a shallow say a five to seven yard dig route from the slot or something. They were killing the Vikings. They ran a handful of those in the first half, had very good success with them. Uh, and so that's something we've seen the, um, we've seen the, the Packers run the Texas concept and they've, they break it out on occasion. They broke it out a couple weeks ago, which is kind of the, the tight end from that inline position running a, uh, running a post to kind of take some of the top off. And then you run an angle route underneath him with a running back or some cases, a wide receiver. It depends on how you want to run it. I could see the Packers having success with a concept, uh, a concept like that. Uh, and something else that I noticed was the Vikings, at least in that game stayed in a personnel that allowed the chargers to get a wide receiver. In some cases, a number one or number two, number two wide receiver matched up on a linebacker out of the slot. So I would expect to see based on formations, we saw um, Adams, he was in the slot per uh, Pro Football Focus. 15 snaps of his uh, came in the slot this past week, which was his highest number of the season. So I expect to see more of Adams in the slot, Get some probably get some motion, get some shifts pre-snap to see what the Vikings are doing. And then you're looking to get Adams or Lazard or something in the slot, either matched up on a linebacker or matched up on a lesser cornerback, and then killing them with some of those in-cutting stuff. So that that's why I wouldn't be shocked to see, based on how the Vikings have played defense against tight ends this year, the Packers have been, I talked last week about how they were going a little more tight end heavy, work on this tight end heavy personnel. I wouldn't be shocked to see them in a lot of 11 personnel this week, which would be uh, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, just because I think the matchups work out a little better this week to do that. So I'll be very curious to see if that's what they end up doing. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for. A lot, of, a lot of the stuff Sarah was talking about, just looking at those wide receivers, seeing how they match up against some of those cornerbacks, and then seeing what they do in terms of uh, putting putting Adams or Lazard or whoever in the slot, trying to get them matched up against the third or fourth cornerback or even a linebacker, because uh, we do, we have seen a lot of that, and then just, just some of that uh, in-cutting stuff over the middle. That's that's definitely the area I'm going to be looking at. That, that was a long, long uh, speech that you had there, my friend. And, I'm, really, uh, I'm really thirsty. <laughs> I'll give you a little and bit of... I, that's the out-of-context quote for this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm very, a little disappointed you don't have a bourbon in your hand, but... Uh, I just finished it. I picked up um, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof up in uh, some CD liquor store in Green Bay. So, yeah, I already finished that one, Steve. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I finished. I just finished my Eagle Rare, so we're uh, we're, we're right on pace with each other. Outstanding. Nice. Uh, so we do our score predictions as well every single week for the Bears game. Again, all three of us had picked correctly picked the Packers, so that does put Dusty and I with the Green Bay Packers at eleven and three, and Sarah sitting at ten and four. With this week being the Monday Night Football game, 
and the fact that Dalvin Cook is still up in the air, we have decided to push our uh, predictions. We are going to put them out on Twitter uh, over the weekend once that announcement is made. Once we know, because um, as much as we do want to watch Sarah eat a whole sleeve of most of Oreos, it's still the Christmas season, so we're Dusty and I are in a bit of a giving mood to let her get as much information as possible before making her prediction. So we will be pushing that. Uh, so make sure you follow us at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher for at Steve Perez. We'll put out our predictions for that all in one. Um, most likely to be treated by the Pack Day podcast as well, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. But as uh, the next time we will be recording will actually be Christmas night. I had something to end the show with. I just kind of wanted to talk to you, uh, get this from you guys. What is your all-time favorite Christmas cookie? And what movie, Christmas movie, would you be watching while you eat said cookie? So we gave Sarah a lot of crap before the show started. <laughs> She told us that we would be uh, eating our words. So, Sarah, tell us, what is your cookie and what is your Christmas movie? Okay, so my cookie actually has sentimental value. And my grandma, who she passed away around this time last year, she was very close. She was like a second mother to me. Um, she's actually the where my family roots from Wisconsin come from. So that tells you how awesome nice. she is. She was an amazing cook, amazing baker, all of the above. And she made these green sugar cookies that were like little Christmas treats. And they were the best thing ever. They had little tiny red sprinkles on them. And they were mini Christmas tree, like green sugar cookies. And they were the best. And the coolest thing ever is that she, when she got sick, she left behind all of the recipes for them. So my mom and I like have tried like last Christmas we made them, and it, it was pretty similar. Obviously not the most amazing thing ever, but pretty similar, and it's awesome. So I love eating those cookies. Um, we even, like, it just makes me, now I'll think of her, but they're also amazing. And then I would eat that cookie while I'm watching The Christmas Story because my family <laughs> has notoriously watched that every single year on the really basic marathon of it, but my family is very into it. Like we have an ornament on our family Christmas tree that is um, the sticking your tongue to the flagpole. And if you like, <laughs> if you press it, it has like a button and it yells like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> so we're really into it. Last year, Ice at the Gaylord Palms was a Christmas story themed. So that was freaking cool. So of course we were all like, oh my gosh, we knew everything. So it's really awesome. So those would be my two. My grandma's cookies while watching Christmas Story. Dusty? So now you probably feel bad, Steve, for making fun of me. No, so... we were making fun of the movie, not the cookies. No, we thought... no, I don't. I do. You realize I never feel bad for making fun of you. <laughs> that's, that's true. You can only feel bad you if can you have a soul. You can write down as the quote of the week. Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> the quote of the week. Uh, for me, my cookie is going to be uh, spritz cookies. I don't know if you guys are familiar with spritz cookies. Um, yes. Yeah, they're like 90% butter, and you shoot them out of a gun. Uh, my, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know about them. America. That's right. That's right. Just like God intended cookies to be eaten. Uh, um, Those are my... really similar to the Christmas tree ones. Like I, I was actually wondering about that as you were talking yeah. about them. I yeah, don't the... know exactly what the method is, but I looked up 
like the picture of the Christmas version and they're very similar. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we do them in a handful of different shapes. I know Christmas tree is one of them. I think snowflake is another, um, and I can, there's one more, I think, um, my, 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 uh, my dad used to make them and now it's become a, a tradition that my dad and my sister make them together and they make a just, I'm not, not exaggerating buckets and buckets of the things, just actual honest to God buckets. And they'll do uh, chocolate and uh, almond and vanilla, the three flavors. And the almond ones are just incredible and you can just eat them by the handful and then feel terrible later, but they're so good. They're so good. So I'm doing spritz cookies. I'm having a tough time with the movie. Um, so I'm actually going to do a double feature. This will surprise precisely or movie precisely no one yes <laughs> so i'm gonna start with gremlins because um, gremlins is of course you know an adorable little film about gremlins that that invade a town around christmas and then also just the most horrifying christmas story of a dad trying to uh to make his family happy on christmas ever just dropped right in the middle by a very young phoebe cates and i'm gonna follow that up with uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is uh, one of my traditions. <laughs> after after everyone's in bed on Christmas Eve, I grab a, uh, a West Six Christmas sale. It's a local beer here. And I sit and I watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. And it is a garbage, garbage, uh, Dusty. I think early 80s Dusty, slasher. What? Yeah. It's it's basically this this kid sees his parents just murdered by a Santa when he's young, and then he Jesus gets Christ. and then he and then he gets older and he's he's growing up in a convent with nuns. You understand? And then like something snaps in him, and he's really handsome. He's a Steve. You're not gonna believe how handsome this guy is. <laughs> and then they make him dress as Santa, but he can't stand Why Santa. Why did you say that to Steve? And he you goes. Go- <laughs> you can't believe it. And he goes. Steve would be the one. <laughs> Sarah, you uh, they're impressive. Sarah, you got a snort out of me. Sarah, you wouldn't believe how, how handsome he is either. Um, neither of you would believe. And then he goes on a killing spree dressed as Santa. It's just as just trashy as all hell. It's got um, uh, Lene Quigley in it, uh, who is a, a kind of an '80s scream queen from Louisville, which is kind of how I know her. But she was in Return of the Living Dead. She's in there with just a tremendous death. Um, there's a scene. There's a scene that I absolutely... You realize I said Christmas movie. Yeah. Not yeah. all the blood and death. He's in... dressed as Santa. He's dressed as Santa. And then if we're going to do a triple feature, I'll just finish off with Die Hard. All you had to say was the Santa Claus, and you would have been fine. We could have just moved along. I'm sorry, Steve. I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> That's, you know what? That's my cookies and my movies, and I don't apologize. I would never expect you to apologize. What do you have, Steve? Uh, so my mother will make a, it's a peanut butter cookie with the Hershey kiss pushed yes. into the top. Those are um, fire. Pro oh my so God. I can eat the whole thing all in one sitting and feel gluttonous and horrible, but feel amazing all at the same time. And they only get made one time a year. So she makes my Christmas time and, even when I was living in Korea, like she went out of her way to send them to me for the for Christmas time, which awesome. was yeah, outstanding. Awesome. Um, awesome. And I would eat those while watching Christmas Vacation. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as Dusty, you said Die Hard, like I I will go to bat that that's a Christmas movie every every day of the year. It's not something I have to watch every year. I do have to watch Christmas Vacation and I have to watch Home Alone. Those are like my two okay. go tos that I need to watch every year. Um, to to solidify the fact that I love that movie so much, I own a Clark Griswold Blackhawks jersey uh, that I wear any <laughs> any time that it's a ugly Christmas sweater. Awesome. I don't own one of those. I will wear my Clark Griswold jersey. Uh, and then 
my plan is when my kids get a little bit older to the point where they can be embarrassed of me, I plan to be cousin Eddie for Halloween at all times possible. So you can imagine the, the short bathrobe and the winter hat and everything and the boots. Like that's Mm -hmm. my, that's going to be my go-to when my kids are old enough to embarrass the hell out of them. So, uh, Hopefully that gives you guys a little bit of a, a peek into our holiday traditions. Uh, you know, dusty and death of uh, Christmas. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Let us uh, know your on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. exactly. We'd love to know your uh, your favorite cookies, your favorite Christmas movies, uh, even you know any Christmas traditions you want to share. We'd obviously love to hear them. Jump into Where final. You celebrate an, a, a different holiday. Mm-hmm. Let us not exclusive to Christmas. That's We're correct. open to all holidays. We are. Holiday cookie, apparently, is what Sarah would like to say. No, I don't. Well, she's saying Christmas <laughs> cookie, but we are we are an inclusive podcast. We are this an inclusive yeah. people. I don't want yeah. someone, if they're listening and they're Jewish and they celebrate Hanukkah, to be like, oh, I have this cool tradition. I still want to hear about it. That's all I meant. All right, that's fair. Absolutely. We want to hear about any kind of any type of uh dessert tradition and holiday movie. We'd like to know those. Is that yes, is, are you yes, good, Sarah? Please. Good? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh final thoughts. Sarah, do you have anything before we wrap this up? Um, I don't think so. I'm super excited for the game and just like I said earlier, be grateful. This season has been, I think, more than anything we all expected six months ago. So when you're frustrated and you're angry, just remember that. Dusty, uh, articles, videos, what do you got for me? Yeah, I got uh, I got my articles. I had uh, over on Packer Report on Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yesterday. Uh, I, I had something about pressure. I looked at five plays. I'd kind of been talking about it for a little bit. Uh, but the lead up to this game was kind of the Packers looking to generate pressure with their front four, even five, but really just cutting out, the, cutting off those escape lanes. And I just kind of showed how they did that. I had five plays that kind of showed how they did that against Trubisky. Uh, I had a couple more on Twitter as well that kind of showed that as well. But just that that plan of not necessarily overwhelming pressure, not selling out, but really just compressing that pocket and making the quarterback uncomfortable and not allowing him any escape room. So uh, I had that. That came out on Wednesday. Thursday, I've got uh, Passing Chronicles, which is my my big article over on She Said TV. And I've got um, – kind of started that off with breaking down the differences. Uh, real real nerdy things, but it's exciting. Uh, the differences between the Lavelle Edwards uh, mesh concept and the Hal Mummy mesh concept and how the Packers have been using that uh, this year and specifically this past game and kind of taking that and taking the best bits of each – and melding those together into something that works. So they ran that, they ran variations of the mesh concept four times this past week. Uh, and so I kind of took a look at those four as well as a handful of other plays, including the, uh, the Adams touchdown um, early in the game. Uh, so that was a really, really fun one to write. I get to get into kind of the history of the concept a little, as well as again, what the Packers, how the Packers are kind of uh, changing that a little based on who they have. Um, so that, that was a really, really fun thing to, to work with. So I did that. Uh, that's, that's on, that's on Thursday, that's today. And then Friday, uh, over on Packer Report, I've got one where I'm talking about, uh, I've had like, I think two articles that kind of touch on this topic already. This, the Packers and their need for a second wide receiver that, that can threaten like a single high safety so they can hit something over the top. Well, I use that opening shot to MVS where they actually did get the safety to pull up and they got that safety to pull because it was haha Clinton Dix. And I just basically showed how that just even that, cause what I talk about, it's all been in theory. I don't mean to take a shot at the guy really, but that it's, it just happened to work. Um, 
how well, I've been talking about in theory this getting that that safety to even just take one step up, just a single single step. Uh, how that opens things up over the top. And so we've got a play, we've got the single high safety taking a single step up. So uh, just kind of showing how it, it this this was manufactured more or less by the safety taking a step when you didn't need to, but how that one step, how big that can be when you're looking at those over the top shots and what that can mean in terms of adding a second speed receiver. So that's going to be up on Packer Report on, um, on Friday. So yeah, three articles. Uh, Three articles, really good week, really fun to write about, and uh, and at the end of the Cheesehead one, I do kind of talk about the trip to Green Bay and how much fun it was, and got a couple pictures in there as well. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it good week for writing, and just a good week for just, I mean, we're a couple days removed from the game, and I'm still riding that high of of, of actually being there. Uh, so, just it's been a really fun week. I've got a couple just minor little things that I would like to you know, talk about, especially, you know, being in Lambeau and everything. I think one of my favorite parts of being in Lambeau was watching the game with Dusty where he and his brother were trashing Mitchell Trubisky. And I was loving every <laughs> minute of it. We were watching the defense and he's just, you know, as Dusty does, he points these things out to me and just things that I, I do notice, but yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed more that Dusty has been in my life for over a year now. And I, pick these things up a little bit more but he's like oh my god look at that they're the safeties are like six seven yards from the line of scrimmage like they want him to throw the ball they just want him to throw the ball and he wouldn't he would not throw the ball he'd throw it like two yards behind the line of scrimmage and the best part was that his brother was saying the exact same thing except even louder um so it was that part to me was a lot of fun um i took a bus from milwaukee i was at saz's and i took the bus up one of my favorite memories from that was I got off the bus to go meet Dusty and I realized that I had left my glasses on the bus. So went right back in, went to the back of the bus. And while I'm walking back, some guy looks at me and goes, and I'm wearing my David Bakhtiari jersey. And a guy looks at me and goes, number 69. Nice. And I was like, cool. And, and it's like, well, it's like, is that like a custom jersey or what? And I kind of looked at him like, uh no 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 it's he's like oh i'm not from here i don't know i don't know who that is and i was like okay that's weird and then the two ladies right behind him looked at me and they go 69 nice and i was like oh my god this is like this is perfect like this is just like dusty should be here right now for this but he was not um but it was just made me laugh the whole way it was just uh, being in green bay was just so much fun everybody was so nice so cordial everything like that and uh for me, the, to end the show, my ultimate fanboy uh, moment happened when I was at the Cheesehead TV house, and Dusty introduced me to Aaron Nagler, and he kind of knew who I was. So that was kind of it. So <laughs> it, that for me, like I thought that was so cool, and I was inside my heart. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm like, nice to meet you, Aaron. <laughs> so a little glimpse inside of me of just like freaking out when Aaron Nagler was like, Hey, you, you do a good job with Dusty. Yeah. I freaked out. I was totally freaking out inside. So <laughs> it was a great, great experience in Lambeau. The Packers got the win. We were all happy. They're now 11 and three looking forward to uh, the Viking game. So guys, we will, uh, we will chat on Christmas night and then deliver the, uh, the following Christmas uh, day episode for everyone. And, um, Make sure you always, as always, follow us on Twitter. We've got at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller 4, at C Perhatch, where we will 
We will definitely throw out our score predictions before the game, so make sure to check that in because, you know, most stuff Oreos got to make sure that happens. Uh, We want Sarah to continually lose, so Dusty and I will have a separate DM in order to figure that out. But So wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That video is going to be golden. It's going to be all over YouTube. Uh, yeah but as always um make sure you follow us there hit us up with your your christmas cookie holiday movie whatever your tradition is we'd love to hear about it um and we will talk to you guys next week after hopefully a packers victory over the vikings um so we'll chat you then and as always go pack go Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.